Hello and welcome to Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. I'm Connor from the House of L, and I'm joined again by special guest Dave from Signal of Doom. How are you, Dave? I'm very good, uh, fresh from the destruction of Krypton. Yeah. Uh, a, a, passen- a passenger on Brainiac's ship. <laughs> Um, you know, by the way, in the modern continuity, is Brainiac responsible for the destruction of Krypton? Because I know sometimes he gets to blame. You know what? Um, they've done like they, versions. No, so this 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 is like a sore point with V. I mean, there's uh, a lot of things that are sore points with V, as listeners yes. know. But um, they they in that you know, brace yourself, Dave, because I'm going to say the name in that Bendis run. Oh yeah. Um, they he did he did something with Rogalzar, and it kept typing up how like Rogalzar destroyed Krypton or Jarell destroyed Krypton or something. I can't remember what Jarell. Oh uh, yeah, I could be misremembering. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was like Rogalzar who destroyed it, but Jarell was like shady somehow. But anyway, so they kept building that up, and then it never got paid off in the Superman comics. It got paid off like in Supergirl or something. So I never oh, actually found out Bandus. what happened. Thanks, uh, Bendis. Yeah, I never knew what happened. Like, I read the next issue, it just skips over a bunch of stuff. I'm like, oh, we're just ditching the Rogel's R thing. I'm so, reading. Uh, I'm reading this thing. I, I must admit, I, I, I know that over the years, Jor-El actually hasn't been as good as I remember him from the very old com- comics, where he basically just puts Superman in a thing, and he's he's born in the council, and he's a good character. But I know that there are versions of. Ro- of Jorel over the years that are a bit less, but I prefer him as just a flat out good guy. Yeah, well. I don't, I don't see the need to do like this change to Jorel's character. No, it's like I don't really think it accomplishes much. Like, well, other than poisoning the image that's been there for X many years in the Silver and Bronze Age, you know, and Golden Age. I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess if you're gonna do it, do it as a take in, like, like I really like what. Like, it's Smallville on Earth 1 where, like, Jor-El sends Superman to kind of conquer. Like, I think that's a cool twist on, like, a different take on Superman. But if you're trying to mess with, like, the quote-unquote main continuity and all this shock value and stuff, it's like, it's never really done that well. Like, they made him some guy called Oz for ages and he wasn't actually dead. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it's like... It's like bringing Batman's parents back. Just let them be dead, you know? I I totally Uh, agree. So, Rogelzar was created by Jor-El and was responsible for destroying Krypton along with Empress Gandelio of the Trillium Collective, whoever that is. She um, sounds cool, I'm not going to lie, but, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, if it's just a bad science experiment... But, I mean, I remember, and I'm showing my age, and, and my and reading a lot of... It's from Silver Age and Bronze Age, a lot of stuff about how earthquake, earthquakes destroy Krypton, yeah. and it was all... It kind of more like a ecological disaster. I think it takes away because Krypton's obviously supposed to be somewhat of a parallel to Earth, whether it's like a utopia version of Earth or like a sort of a warning of where we could go, like John Burns' version. Um, right. You know, I think like you you kind of need to have like well, not need, but I just think it's better if it's like natural or as a result from like mining the planet of resources too much or something, or like I think a that's the best previous war mining it so deeply. Yeah, they suck it up. Like it know? kind of like where it's their own fault, so it's tragic, and Jarrell tries to warn them, but they also like it's a bit yeah. of a warning, and you know, like we don't want Earth to become like that. And but if like you make it so like oh, a villain blew it up, like it's still fine, but it just loses. It. I, I liked the concept in uh, the animated series where I believe Brainiac may have been like an AI for the planet. Yeah. 
and maybe he had something to do with the disaster. I can't remember, but um, well, they, they relied on Brainiac too much, and they trusted Brainiac too much, yeah. which I think was a really good way of doing it as well. There are ways to do it better than just making Jor-El the bad and guy. Jesus, if, if that's not topical right now, <laughs> you know, trusting Brainiac a bit too much, I don't know sure. what it is. Um, Very true. Well, it's so, good to be back, uh, Connor, back in the... Yeah. Awesome. So before I ask you what you've been doing, I just want a quick thank to our patron, Tasman. Thanks very much. Hopefully to have you on the show soon. Um, yeah, and Dave, so what have you been up to? Well, it's a scorching hot day here in Sydney. Oh my god. Yeah, just real quick Terrible. disclaimer. If, he, if listeners hear noises in the background, we probably have our fans on, because it's too hot. So. Oh yeah, it's been it's been cra- crazy. Yeah. Um, you're, not, you're not in Sydney though, eh? Are you in Sydney? I'm yeah. in Brisbane. That's what I thought. Brisbane, that's always hot. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good way of yeah. putting it. But anyway, so, no, I've been good. Uh, very busy. It's just tapering off now as we're coming into towards Christmas. And when I mean that, I mean it's today was almost dead, but um, I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Mirage, and today at lunchtime, I finished it, and I hit the credits, Um, and I wanted to give a short review, because it's so fresh in my mind. Look, Assassin's Creed lovers of the game, there's a lot to enjoy, Um, it, yes, it does throw back to the original, my favourite one of the entire series is probably Valhalla, or Assassin's Creed 2. Um, this is a good entry, but it felt a little inessential. You're just in Baghdad. There's a sameness to the whole game. You should have had more cities, and you should have had much more stuff in the desert to vary it. It is enjoyable. Um, I would have given Valhalla a 9. I'd probably give this a 7 to a 7.5 if I'm feeling generous. But when I finished it... I felt a little, it was a little anticlimactic because for me, I didn't feel there was enough meat on the bone. But it is enjoyable. The graphics are fantastic. The gameplay is fantastic. Like, I've been playing it for, since I bought it probably two months ago. It's been my game exclusively, Connor. Um, So I have enjoyed it. It's not like I haven't gotten my playtime out of it, but just that feeling, when you hit the end of the game, normally in Assassin's Creed stuff, there's a shitload more stuff to do. But I, I, I had played, like, a lot of the side missions and stuff, like, so I, I took advantage of a lot of stuff, and, yeah, I'm kind of sad to leave it, but I also wish there was more meat on it, whereas when I finished Valhalla, I played it so much, right. you know, I thought that Viking Assassin's Creed mashup was just awesome, Yeah. Um, and it was more of a Viking game than an Assassin's Creed game, whereas this is proper Assassin's Creed, very kind of similar in some ways to Assassin's Creed 1. Um, but, yeah, it was enjoyable. I mean, I, I certainly got my gameplay out of it, and it's probably somewhere between 7 to 7.5, um, depending on how I feel. It was a little cheaper than most uh, Assassin's Creed games, but not that much cheaper for, for the for the lack of content, I felt. So, right. I, I, think, I think history will remember it as somewhat average, you know, in the Assassin's Creed um, pantheon of games. And I believe the next one... Uh, is either in Japan or China. Um, I can't remember now off the top of my head, but this was kind of like a bridging game. So, anyway, that's my review. If there are any Assassin's Creed lovers out there, uh, that's, I feel, a fairly in-depth and accurate review. Yeah, fair enough. Well, if there's any Assassin's Creed listeners, I have no idea if there are. Are you a gamer? Yes. What do you play? Um, uh... I uh, 
play a bunch of stuff. At the moment, I'm like replaying Neverwinter Nights too, but it's a bit of a slog. It's a great game. Uh, it's it, it's okay. I, I mean, I loved it at the time. Yeah, well, it's just uh, some of it just hasn't aged well. Is the only problem. So, like, I, I only played it once a million years ago. Yeah, you know. Did you, have you played Baldur's Gate three? Yes, because I've got that on my computer to play. Actually. I. I didn't like it, but I seem to be the only one, so... Oh, well, everyone loves Uh, it, apparently. Yeah, it's just, like, it's an okay game on its own. Like, on its own, it's an okay game, but it's a terrible Baldur's Gate game. Really? Um, Oh, yeah, it's, like, nothing like the first two, and anything they bring back from the first two, they just need to take a dump on for some reason, so... Really? Yeah, but uh, if you ignore the Baldur's Gate stuff, even though it's called Baldur's Gate, it's fine, but... uh, they released it... When they released it, it was very, very buggy. Right. And it took me 200 hours to get through because of all the crashes and loading oh, times Jesus. and bugs, so it was a negative experience for me. That sucks. Uh, yeah, so... Wow. that's You're the first person I've known who has not, like, raved about it. Yeah, you know? no. And plus, like, you know, I, I play... Like, that's my favourite genre, is isometric sort of computer RPGs, and... Mm. Look, it's not that crash hot compared to stuff that's come out, you know. Um, right. Okay. I still think yeah. Dragon Age Origins is better. Uh, I love that. I love that game. Yeah, I. You know, we've been eating pretty good. There's been. Oh, the original Dragon Age. That's a great game. Yeah, yeah. Back in like 2010. That's, a, that's or a fantastic game, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. But um, well, Baldur's Gate Two, for me, and I haven't played everything. Baldur's Gate Two for me was just. It was just so fantastic. I loved it so much. You know? Oh yeah, it's it's so good. Uh, yeah. I've I've played it more than once. Um, it's it still holds up as well. Right. So it's not um, like that. Does it have no. Drix in it? Does Drix turn up? No. No. Really? No. Uh, Elminster shows up, but yeah, there's no like Drix. No. There's there's like a couple of characters that show up from the old games, but like it's mostly a new story, and it just it would have been better, I think, if it wasn't tied to the old games at all. Yeah. So, but I mean, okay. I'm, I'm sure you'll enjoy it, like everyone else seems to. So. And is it full on D and D? Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, it, it like it does a pretty decent job of adapting Fifth Edition to okay. a computer game. Okay. Yeah. And are you, is it a single character you're playing, or is it the group again? Uh, you play a group of four people, but you make your own character. Okay. Right. See, I think well, that... all these games after the originals, like. Because in the originals you had six people, but all these yes. games limited to four, and that just makes it really restrictive in terms of what classes you can have. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, if I start talking right. about Baldur's Gate, I won't stop. So. <laughs> well, I've got it on my computer, and now that I've finished Assassin's Creed, I, I definitely will. And I've got my break coming up. You know, I'm just about yeah, to go, go on, on leave, so I'll definitely uh, sit down and play it a lot more. Um, actually, a bit of just final bit of. Um, uh, sort of like uh, ad tomorrow I've got Jeff Grubb who's the D&D game designer from back in the 80s and 90s oh nice uh, yeah, he's coming on the show tomorrow um, and so we are talking a lot of D&D actually as well because he he did like Spelljammer Alquadem uh, Curse of the Azul Bonds and, like he, he did a fair bit of stuff um, yeah you know. oh Jeff Grubb he did uh, did he do that book I liked um, let me look it up he did Curse of the Azul Bonds. Uh, he did one of the Harper books. Um, he did a lot of um, a lot of work for. Well, they weren't wizards; they were TSR. It was like Alpha yeah. Dem, 
Um, uh, what's the other one? Spelljammer. Uh, quite a lot of stuff, I think. So I'm going to talk about it. Hey, he did. Time. He did what I think is the best Warcraft book, uh, The Last Guardian. I really liked that. Oh, can I mention that because I was going to ask that? Can yeah, because I know he did some Warcraft stuff. So what's it called? Warcraft: The Last Guardian. Yeah, The Last Guardian. I thought was really awesome. Uh, that's my I'll, favorite Warcraft book. I'll mention that. Have you yeah. got any questions for Jeff Grubb? I can I can ask if you've got any questions. Uh, you know what? I don't right now, but if I think of any, I will. It was just think of any. Really message book. me. I've got him tomorrow yeah. uh, lunchtime Sydney time. I'm really looking forward to it. Seems like a super nice guy, and um, I, I've got I I got a lot of questions from the Forgotten Realms Reddit page, um, and I've got my own questions, you know, as always, and yeah, um, yeah so it's going to be a fun time. Cool. Um, I love these guys, like the fact that um, you can chat to them and, you know, they were so, like, in my mind, they're probably bigger than they even were because they were such a big part of my growing up and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was consuming their product, like, full on, and and so it's great. You get a chance to chat to them, like, years later, and he's still working. He works for Amazon now, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's all good. Cool. So, what, 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 it was Action Comics 241. Do we have a... Do we have a year date on this? Like, Yeah, this is... Uh, how did I lose the page again? Alright, here we go. This is 1958. Oh, okay, so it's still the 50s. Because I was going to yeah. say the cover, which I love, is very 50s. Yeah, like, that, that's like classic 50s Kurt Swan. I love it. Uh, so, Kurt Swan and so Stan K did the cover. Um... Yeah, so, look, we're, we're sitting here in our Fortress of Solitude in the Arctic, except it's unusually hot, but those yeah, Arctic winds are still blowing <laughs> outside, as you can hear, so, but it's, it's kind of cosy. Um, so, yeah, this, so this is uh, the Christmas special episode, I guess. Now, the past oh. few years, I've done Christmas oh. stories for the Christmas right. special, but I was right. like, you know what? I'm not even that into Christmas, and I'm not, that, especially yeah, not that no, into I, Christmas stories. I know stories. what you mean, you, I know what you mean, like, yeah. <laughs> So, I'm like, you know what, uh, we've, the Christmas stories we've covered have generally been really good, but I'm like, here's Fortress Soldiers in the North change Pole. I feel yeah. like that, that counts as a Christmas story, so. Yeah, change it up, man, <laughs> like, why not? Like, yeah, bring it on. Um, and I noticed that it's not called the Fortress Solitude, it's called Fort Superman. Yeah, the so, the, the... So this was, this is not why I chose the issue, but this was actually the first appearance of the Snow Fortress. Right. Um, which is quite late, actually, 1958. Easily um, my favourite fortress. Easily. Yep, definitely. Like, um, by far, you know. And I think it's what you see first, and this just happens to be what I saw when I, you know, first. And, and I've always thought that every other fortress that's not this one sort of sucks. You know? Yeah. I, um... Uh, I'm not as harsh as you. The only fortress I don't like is, like, the Richard Donner fortress, which is, like, the most iconic one, funnily enough. Well, finally, that would have been the first one I saw, but, yeah, because Superman the movie, yeah. Well, it just doesn't look like a place he hangs out, you know? Just... No, I know. I agree. Well, if anything, if you hung out there solo, it would be super depressing. Yes, um, be sitting there. I know. liked it in the movie. I liked it in the movie. I wouldn't like that to be his normal fortress. It works. Game. It works for the film and in the context of the film. But like yeah. when they put it in the comics, I was like, "Come on, Jeff Johns, sit the hell down." We get. I it. Liked we like that uh, scene. Is it? Well, I assume it's in the film. Doesn't he throw one of the crystals and it then spawns the fortress? Am yeah. I 
Yeah, I liked that scene a lot as a kid. I thought that was really. Yeah, cool. It was very mysterious, you know. Yeah, which was nice. But but this but the fortress here is the one that I like, where he's got all the animals and he's got all the yeah. shit. You know, it's like a proper kind of massive, massive, massive mansion. It's yeah, awesome. yeah. It's like it's like his own, you know, bat cave, so to speak. It is it, uh, exactly, and I love the bat cave. It's it's like Superman's version, and it's a bit different to the bat cave, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just brighter. like a copy. Um, yeah. That's good. So, oh, the Batcave actually first appeared in 1943 in the 15-chapter serial. For Batman. Batman always gets there first, man. Well, yeah. I'm actually... Well, this isn't the first appearance of the Fortress of Solitude. It's just the first appearance oh. of the Snow One. So he had another Fortress of Solitude, right? Again, it wasn't... That one, I don't think it was called a Fortress of Solitude. It was, was it a one-room apartment? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Fortress of Solitude. No. Um... <laughs> That was, so that was like the Golden Age Superman, and that was in the side of a mountain, which was close to Metropolis. Okay, right. But it was like, it was the same thing, basically. It was like his hangout, you know? Yeah. Um, but that was, ooh, oh, Superman got there first this time, 1942 uh-huh. of August. There you go, wowee, snuck in. Yeah. Um, and must have been asleep that day. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was, same thing, his hangout, close to Metropolis, in a mountain. Still cool, but not, you know... Too Some... close to Metropolis, if you ask me. Yeah, he, needs, the... he needs to get away, you know? The pure isolation of the North Pole yes. is great. Unless Santa's next door, like that robot chicken skit, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so the cover uh, is, you know, Fort Superman. There's the giant golden door and the giant key. But these that's not actually the design of the fortress in the comic or the design of the fortress going forward. I'm guessing that's just... The notes Kurt Swan got, that's what he drew. Um, mm-hmm. Inside the book, we actually get the iconic sort of triangular key uh, with the door. Um, but first, I'll read the credits for this comic. So, uh, cover artists I mentioned. Uh, this was drawn by Wayne Boring, who's kind of like Kurt Swan before Kurt Swan was Kurt Swan. Mm-hmm. Um, writer was Jerry Coleman. Inker was Stan Kay, and editor was Mort Weisinger, and editor-in-chief was Whitney Ellsworth. So, Wayne Boring's the artist on the, in the interiors, is that right? Yes. Okay, right. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know who it was. I, I thought it might have been him. He's really got that... Um, it's sort of similar to Kurt Swan, but it's just got more of a, in my mind, 40s feel, like when you look at Lois Lane. Yeah. Um, and, I don't, and not in a bad way. I mean, I, yeah, I still yeah. like it a lot. That picture in the first page... With him, like, using his, I assume, heat vision. And, mm. you know, and and also, can I say this? I heard, I, <clears throat> this, this is funny, because I heard someone on a podcast recently, and it was a creator, um, talking about how, in the past, um, Superman's heat vision was not, it wasn't until Alan Moore that it was like, you could see it, but I can see it here. They were saying that it used to be just his eyes glowed and like a tree would explode in fire, you know, away, you know, 40 metres away. But you didn't see the the trail, but I can see the trail here. Maybe he means like the two red beams that come out of his eyes. That's exactly what he means, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if this is me just misremembering stuff, but I thought the original X-ray vision was like... So the original heat vision was like the X-ray vision super concentrated, so it becomes hot and melts stuff. Okay, well maybe that's it. Which is why right. it looks kind of like that, but I could be misremembering. So I, I like how it looks here. This looks good, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. And I also like that he's just sort of climbing back in a chair while he's doing it. That's an interesting claim by that guy. Listeners, uh, let us know. Uh, give us... Are there any examples... Well, of... I, I can tell you this. You, you know how I'm doing a huge read-through, which is just going forever, of all that 70s stuff? And yeah. I'm, all, I'm pretty much done the whole 70s. I have seen examples of what that guy's saying in there. Where... You, that I ha- and that's why I assume he must have been right because I've seen examples where Superman's eyes light up and he he something burns but you don't see the direct heat vision rays. So I have seen examples of what this guy's saying in the comics in the like late seventies. Well, I guess keep an eye out for any red beams then that are as heat yeah, vision. No. Um, and that yeah. So originally it was considered to be a subset of X-ray vision. Yeah, mm. so he melts metal with the heat of his X-ray vision. To be honest, I think that's better if he super concentrates his X-ray vision because at least it makes some sort of sense. If he just has like heat vision, it yeah. doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, like, how does he bury it? <laughs> like, you could easily fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess he is Superman though. Yeah, super control. Uh, <laughs> so super. This... So especially if he's if he's like getting frisky with Lois, he needs to mm. control what kind of visions coming out of those eyes. So the reason I chose this issue, we'll talk about later. Oh, okay. uh, just coincidentally, this is the first. <laughs> is it a very deep reason, though? Is it absolutely not? No, I, just, well, <laughs> I, like, I chose it because I found it really funny. Basically, it's um, good. I like it. So, yeah. yeah. So we have the iconic Superman, probably for the first time, inscribing his diary with his heat vision, and then like yep. he does it with his nails too. And I think that you know Grant Morrison specifically drew from this. Uh, with All-Star Superman, because he does that in All-Star as well. Right. So... Is there any reason why it needs to be so big? Because... Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, like... Because, <laughs> I mean, you'll go through a lot of pages that way, what he's doing. You know, like, because it's a huge page, but he's doing the writing really huge. Yeah? No idea. It's, Maybe it's, it's like just... like a billboard, almost. You it's know? just cooler, I guess. You know, it's he's cooler. like... It's like Alan Moore said, Superman's like his own mythic character. Super, he has all these big things. Cool. Yeah. But like, no, it's but it is kind of like quite egotistical in a way because he's kind of like, yeah, I'm going to write this diary. I'm going to make it massively huge so that if anyone comes into the fortress, they're going to see my personal inscriptions. I you mean, know, it's just funny. Let's be honest. Pre-Crisis Superman can be pretty egotistical. He could. <laughs> he could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So, he writes in Kryptonian as well, which is yeah, neat, which is so good. no one can understand it. Um, but yeah, so we start off and like, you know, Lois is like, oh, I want that necklace. Jimmy's like, oh, I want that car. And so Superman's like been working on presents with him, basically, mm. you know, getting pearls literally from clams in the sea and building Jimmy's car and Lois' necklace. So if he ever dies, he'll leave that to them. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He's, he's doing these nice things, but it's only if he dies. Yeah, so I thought it was funny. I'm like, I feel like they're more likely to die before him. <laughs> totally, yeah. Like, But, like, it's... Exactly. I'm like, if he's if he's building a car for Jimmy, why couldn't he just give it to Jimmy? Yeah. Why does... You know... And Lois, it's like... I, th- I was... I thought... I, I crazily thought he was going to come up with some money-making scheme... Yeah, and and sell the pearls, but then I realised that he was doing it himself, like DYI. It'd be funny if he gave it to her. And she's like, "This isn't what I wanted," you know. I, I do love how all these panels contain so much. Like him, him going underwater and retrieving oh, yeah, pearls cool. is just in one panel. 
It's great. Um, and I love the shot where he lands at the fortress, you know, with, like, the Aurora Borealis. It looks really mm. nice. Ah, oh, it's beautiful, man. Like, this is this is why I like the older comics, because mm. there's so much detail packed into those panels. And I don't honestly think you need more. Yeah. You know? Like, in today's comics, you know, that fucking... This one page could be a whole issue. Yeah, that's true. And it wouldn't be for the better, either, can I mention. But, yeah, we have... He uses his key, and he, like... He's like, the key is kind of disguised, so people will think it's there to guard planes, but actually it's yeah. a key to my house, and he's got, like... So it doesn't look like a fortress, just it's in the side of this mountain, and there's, like, a little door there that he puts the key into. I, for some reason... I... Th- uh, that's cool. I, for some reason, thought that the key was literally just underneath, like, in front of the door, but it was so heavy no one could lift it. That's what I thought. It I, is. I, it's that, too. Okay, it is. Sometimes. It's both okay. things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Um... And yeah, so yeah, and like this. I mean, this is the first introduction of this version of the fortress. So he it takes us through like the room that he has for all his friends, which we see a lot. The lower lane room could be so creepy. It, you know, it could be, but it's very innocent. You it's know? very um, innocent, but it could be so much more creepy than it is. It'd be awesome if he took Lois and here's a room I designed just for you, and yeah. she's looking around at all these like wax models of herself. Well, they do that. They they do that a bit at All Star Superbad, which is pretty funny. Yeah, and Lois gets like starts getting paranoid. He's like, "Oh, he's taking me to his ice fortress," and he's like, "He's got all these models of me." Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's know. good. Um, he then, even has a fake out room. Um, yeah, the, a Clark Kent room. Clark Kent room. Yeah, so no one clever. Think... He's got a Batman room, which I liked. Yeah, Bat- him and Batman are just like the bestest of friends. Um, I love it in this. So, yeah, it's this awesome. Is, uh, yeah, I'm a lover of Batman, and I and I I have no problems with them being best friends back in the day at oh, all. No in fact, yeah. I think it's, like, so much better than them fighting with each other. I have no problems with them being best friends now. Like, <laughs> neither have I. But it's funny, because, yeah, Batman's the only one who knows, like, the only person who knows the secret identity. I can't remember if Robin does or not, but... Um, probably, probably not. Yeah. But I, li- I like how <laughs> Superman's building this robot to help out Batman if Superman ever dies, and there's, like, a crime probability predictor. Uh, I also love that the, the, the robot is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like... It's like, Batman, I made a robot of you if I die. Well, that that, like, that crime probability predictor, though, isn't that OMAC? <laughs> or something yeah, like that, yeah. Electric clue anal- analysis, lightning fingerprint classifier. He's got it yeah. all. He's yeah, got it all going queen. on. Yeah. I, I, like, I like his painting as well. Like, he's painting the Mars landscape, but he's using telescopic vision to paint it yeah, in real time. But, cool. like, what the hell's going on in that picture? No, I know. that <laughs> Someone's dying, and he's just like, I'm going to take a picture. I spent a long time looking at that, and I just I didn't quite understand what they were going for. It was just two hands stretching out from under the under yeah, a surface. It just, yeah, it looks like someone's sinking. I don't know. It does, yeah. And Superman's just like, I'm just going to make a great picture here. Like, uh, he, he experiments on kryptonite wearing a lead suit to try and, you know, become immune to it. And Superman's like, this is awesome. And and I like how throughout the whole issue he just wants to go and hang out at his house. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's had enough of people, that's for sure. He's just, he's constantly, like, really wanting to get back there, which I thought was funny. Like, because he just wants to do his hobbies and recreational yeah. activities. Um, but, I, but I think it's good because it, it this is the first appearance of this proper thing, and it makes you feel like he has a life beyond just literally saving people all the time. Oh, yeah, know? definitely. Or being Clark Kent. Or being Clark Kent, and just... I like it. In fact, when I was reading Supreme, which is the Alan Moore 
sort of take on Superman, which yeah. I really like. I've heard um, really he, good. he draws a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What era is this? Is this still Silver Age? This is, yeah, this is 100% Silver Age. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, it is. Of course it is. Yeah. Okay, because it's 58, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. And, and by uh, the way, that, that, that omnibus is coming out soon, the first one. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. And I'm ready I'm ready to go with that omnibus. Can't wait. Yeah, I'll hopefully... I mean, I'm sure it'll be around for a while. I'm sure it won't sell out, oh, yeah. so... I'll yeah, have to no, wait to get it, mine. It'll be there, man. It'll be there. But I'm, I'm going to hop on board those Superman omnibuses, for sure. You know, I, I'm deciding whether I'm going to keep going with the Batman ones. I can't. I can't decide because mm. it's it's actually kind of a weak era of Batman. Oh, but Silver Age. Yeah, traditionally, it's viewed as such. Um, but I don't know. I'm a sucker for Batman, so mm. you know, I, I'll probably enjoy it just because everyone else hates it. Yeah. Um, no, but but I'm definitely 100% going to hop on board the. Um, Superman one. Superman, and I'm probably let's face it, I'm probably going to buy the Batman ones as well. I've got the yeah. first one. Yeah. Uh, so scientist is like, I've created a metal which I think you can't even break. And of course, as we find out later, Superman breaks it. So yeah, but that was clever. I thought that was clever writing because they make. He goes, I'm afraid the professor metal is not so shatterproof as he thinks. I'll have to patch that wall, then make a few entries in my diary, and then that comes back later yeah, in the issue, which I liked. You know? Yeah. But yeah, That's Superman perfect. comes back, and someone's left a note. Uh, basically oh. saying, ha ha, <laughs> I came in, how did I do it? And so Superman spends a while, like, he just tours different rooms being like, who is it? You know, it was one of who these... Who did you think, First, is this the first time you'd read it? No, it's the second time. It's the second time I'd read it, but I'd forgotten. So I, I did remember through the issue, but I actually, for some weird reason, thought it might have been the Joker. Initially, um, I think the first time I ever read it, I probably just thought it was Lex. Or someone I didn't or, know about. Yeah, exactly. Or, or someone more Superman-centric. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't... It didn't feel like Lex. But yeah. I guess maybe, though, Lex back then, maybe, you know? Yeah. Would He he, he did all sorts of hijinks. So, so I should point out, uh, I have this story, where I, where I read this story, is in The Secrets of the Fortress of Solitude trade paperback. Okay. Um, which is really great for the pre-crisis stuff it offers. The post-crisis stuff it offers is weird. It just has, like, random issues from Exile. Has it got that Steve then... Gerber a miniseries? Isn't there a miniseries of Steve? Maybe that's Phantom Zone, actually. Yeah, I don't you know. think so. No. Yeah, no, I think it's. A, I think Tales of the Phantom Zone has the Steve Gerber uh... miniseries. Yeah, but it'd be a pretty... That would be a nice one to have, because I bet you that's not in print right now. Yeah, maybe not. What's it um, in? Is it is it a soft cover? Soft cover. Yeah. yeah. How many is it? Like about two hundred pages, two fifty. It's thing? no, it's not big. It's not no. big. No. Okay. Um, I'll okay. I'll look it up. Uh, but yeah, he's he's going through like his uh, colored crystals from Planet X, Jack in the Box from the Joker, his Super Zoo, which I'm glad becomes a bit more humane later on. Um, yeah, it's very basic here. Yeah, I guess they didn't know any better. <laughs> Superman's. Yeah. It's just kind of like, enjoy it, kids. Like, this is, it's, it's kind of like how zoos were, though. It know? is. Like, they're just in small cages. Um, yeah. It's always so. sad. I love, I love zoos when they're big and the animals can roam. Um, and, but when I was a kid, I didn't realize that it was kind of cruel, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, I guess, my... yeah, I guess, like, 
I'm sure the writer didn't really realise that this was cruel. No. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had Superman do it. So. Oh, no, you can't judge a 1958 comic book by 2023 yeah. and be like, oh, my God, the writer's so inhumane. Yeah. It's like, it's like, well, that's what they zoos were, know. guys. Like, I'm so, you know, take it up with the people who created zoos. But it's really, it's really good how it evolved, how now he, like, puts endangered species in there and yeah. stuff. Um, so the, the, oh, the length is actually 192 pages. Okay. Oh, right. well, you can get it off Amazon.com.au for 110 bucks. Oh, wow, hey, what a bargain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, ooh, Forbidden Weapons of Crime, then I like You could flip one. it on eBay, man. I could, but I like You could it. flip it on eBay and buy yourself the Silver Age Omnibus if you really wanted to. Uh, but, I, yeah, so I, I like how he has the Forbidden Weapons of Crimedom, and one of them... I loved it, yeah. Like, goes to the fourth dimension or something. It was made by Luther. Uh, the Bad Penny with the Joker. Toy Man. But, yeah, as, as we said, he punches through the metal, writes spattered in his diary, then he melts the door to the Fortress of Solitude mm. so no one can get in there. Um, he extinguishes a fire, does his J job, he comes back, and he's just starts to, like, go through the mountain, like, just literally just fly through it to get into his fortress, and someone's finished his painting, which I thought was pretty rude. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, it's the hijinks, man. It's yeah, the it was, hijinks. He's like, completing the painting um, I started. <laughs> Kent is Superman, I told you I knew, now I have proved it, tonight is your last chance to whack, it's very dramatic. Yes. It does seem quite villainous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, he says, it's not a Martian's landscape. I've never seen anything like that. It's weird. Utterly weird. So where did Batman get the idea to do this painting? Does he just... Well... Oops, spoiler, it's Batman. Um... <laughs> but, but, but he's been to all those places himself. Right. You know? Like, Batman has been to Mars and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Superman says he's never seen anything like it throughout his travels in the solar system. Is Batman maybe, just maybe Batman's gone further or maybe it's more internal with Batman. Mm. You know? A it's representation an internal... of his... Yeah, the, the diamonds there are the pearls falling from his yeah, yeah, necklace. Yeah, he does, yeah. Uh... The pearls <laughs> tumbling onto the ground. It's like Batman, pick a new theme. No. <laughs> oh, I must do this. God, that's... When you... I feel like all the... All the, like, you, you know how you have those lists of, like, classic Batman stories, like Hush and mm. Dark Knight, all that stuff? I feel like nearly every one of those has a flashback to his parents' death. Most. Because... I mean, it's, you often see it. Like, I don't mind it if it's super brief um, at all. I, I don't mind it at all. But when it's, like, overly laboured... Yeah. Um, it's like Punisher. Um, a lot of the best Punisher comics back in the 80s and 90s, they, they'd show the panel with the picnic and the kite. Yeah. Um, I don't mind it. Like, I don't yeah. mind it, but I also agree with you that it's sometimes it's a bit like, okay, you don't need to... It's almost like Batman takes your opportunity to, to do it a get, It gets in the way of the... It got in the way of the story a lot in Hush. I remember that. That was... Yeah, uh, for sure. Oh, some, yeah, dude, sometimes it's just like, okay, we got it, you know? Yeah. Like, we don't need it every time, Batman. No. <laughs> uh, but, uh... One thing I'll give props to the Rob Pattinson movie, it didn't show us that again. So Yeah, I need um, to rewatch that, man. I, I don't feel like I, I kind of enjoyed it, but I was kind of bored as well. I didn't like it. I liked the first half. Yeah. Even though I I hated the Riddler. I loathed no, I hate that. the Riddler. In the Riddler really turned I thought the Riddler Well firstly that's not the Riddler. You it's know? more like Victor Zaz than the Riddler. It is. You know? Yeah. Um, it's like the Riddler 
It's like the worst version of the Riddler ever. Yeah, give me you Jim Carrey any day, and I wasn't huge on that either. <laughs> no, me either, I, exactly. But, like, if Jim Carrey was a six, this guy was like a one. Yeah, it was... That was terrible. Yeah. Can't wait for Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Is Mr. Freeze in the new one? They keep talking it. I think the guy who did the movie keeps talking about how he'd like to do a quote-unquote realistic gritty take on Mr. Freeze. Right. Um... To be honest, I think the last thing Batman needs is more gritty, realistic movies, yeah. but that's what we keep getting. So Yeah, I also... I think the best Mr. Freeze was the animated series by far. Yeah, you know? I mean, that, that's what that's what made him, like, a yeah. more complicated and character. And when the comics do the, that version, I love that version, you know? Yeah. Which they do a fair bit, I think. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't stand him in the Arkham games, though. Because you, yeah. you see this guy, like, nine times in the Arkham games. He doesn't shut up about his wife, like, every single time. It's like, dude... Well, that's all they've got, man. You know? Like, <laughs> it's just they, annoying. They revert to basic mode yeah. sometimes, and it's just like... Oh, it's just annoying when you're in the third game. You come across Mr. Freeze again, and again he's like, bad, bad, save my wife, I don't care about anything else. Like, dude, we've been yeah. through this song and dance before in the last game. We have, and... <laughs> I, I know, they beat you over the head with it, um, and it's like... Yeah, I don't know. I, those original um, animated series episodes of Mr. Freeze are fantastic, though. They are good. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Really yeah. good. I mean, obviously, Yanni. Too loud. I think that was my first exposure to Mr. Freeze, was that movie. Yeah, that um, movie was a nightmare. When it, dude, I, I remember being in the cinema and, that, and watching that movie and just thinking, oh my god, they've got it so wrong and they're going <laughs> to... No, and even worse than that, they're going to set back Batman movies for, like, a decade. And they did, yeah. you know? It wasn't like it took Batman Begins. Like, in the movie, I was thinking, they have really got this really wrong, you know? Yeah. And and it's going to hurt the franchise. which it, And it did. It was such a shame, you know? Yeah. I, I enjoyed it when I was a kid. Like, I literally didn't sure. know any better. I was just... Yeah, like, but if oh. you're a little kid, you you, you you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's there's lots of things in that movie and Batman Forever that appeal to little kids. You know, like there's the I think Sam Raimi, who did my favorite superhero movie, Spider Man. He once said, like, you have a responsibility to make a good movie for kids because kids mm. will be happy if you just have music yeah. and a guy in a suit on. Like, they're that easily it's true. So it's your responsibility to make something with good substance for kids. You know. It's true. Um, Whereas Shoemaker, he went very, very cheesy. You know, look, I'll be. It did have honest. that line though. This is why Superman works alone. I like that line. Yeah. yeah, dude, I'll be brutally honest. There are little bits of that movie that I do enjoy, but you have to sift through so much garbage. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough one, man. How funny though, and I was mentioning this to you before the show, that in the mystery of who it is. Literally on a page where he goes into Batman's um, room, you then see silhouettes where clearly it's a guy wearing, you a know, bat, yeah, the bat cowl. Yeah, the yeah. bat ears. Like, if this isn't Batman, it would be much more of a surprise than it being Batman. Yeah. The artist seems to think that just because he does the body and silhouette, no one's going to recognise just the very distinctive head. At least that's only half a page before the reveal, though. How um, funny would it be if it had been... Um, Kelly Jones as Batman with the really long ears. Yeah. Oh, is that the the nineties one? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 He, he just does them like completely out of out of continuity. <laughs> everyone out else, of control. <laughs> it's just like vampiric. 
And it's just like, what's with Batman and his ears in this issue? Like, yeah, is Batman Dracula? I mean, I, I get what he was going for, but I don't think he quite landed it. Um, oh, I mean, he he thinks he does, and he, <laughs> he goes all in, which I applaud. But it is funny. Yeah. So we have Superman plays Super Chess with his giant chess robot. Yep. Um, he tries to see through lead using some goggles, and then he sees the next message. He keeps looking, and he starts having nightmares about, you know, from this goblin-looking figure. Like, I know your identity. It's crazy. Uh, your days are numbered. I'll chase you from Earth. No. And then he's saving this ship, and like, because the ship was stranded, and the crew's freaking out. They're like, Superman, watch out! You're rocking the yeah. boat. This is uh, more dangerous than the thing he rescued us from. So yeah, that's kind of funny. Also, can I ask this question? I know you are much more of the scholar. Mm-hmm. I thought Superman back in the day didn't have to sleep. I, am, am I wrong there? I, I seem to recall there was a period where Superman did not have to sleep. Oh, have, you ever, uh, have you ever come across that? I've come across him not needing to eat. Um sleep i'm not sure like that could very well be true and the writer's forgotten or it could be like he chooses to sleep because he likes it yeah um but i don't know myself i'll leave that one to the listeners if they look at this superman does not need to sleep like humans do but he does need to power down from for a significant amount of time to allow his body to recover from the demands of using his abilities while he is able to operate without sleep he is not at his peak performance without some form of extended rest Superman needs to sleep a small amount every five days or less to organise his thoughts and stay mentally healthy. Right. However, he still goes to bed every night unless Earth is threatened by some alien force he needs to fight. So otherwise he goes to sleep. <laughs> but he doesn't have to. No, he doesn't have to, yeah, but he does. And he, he has sleeps to sleeps with less. one eye fucking open, man. Yeah, like Gandalf. Yeah, he's he just see. like... Yeah. There's actually a lot of data here on Google about... and debate about whether he needs to sleep and eat, which we don't mm. need to go into. No, <laughs> You know, the, the I think the answer is he he sleeps, but it's not one hundred percent sort of um, you know required. And he needs to sleep once in a while. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, this is where I think it would clue you in. If you didn't see Batman in the next panel, it would clue you in that there's a blob of grey and blue wax where the Batman wax statue was. So it's like, well, Batman's clearly standing there. Um. You know, yeah. where the wax statue was. So. But, yeah, he's, but... He's, he's a great actor, Batman, because he just stands there and <laughs> his cape's blowing. Don't you have crime to fight, Batman? You've been living in this fortress for like three no, days or he, something. He wants to do a high. <laughs> it's hijinks time, man. You know? Uh, it's, it, it's hijinks back then. Like, well, Batman was gone. Bane broke into the mansion and broke Robin's back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, but we didn't have to worry about those things back then. No, that's true. Yeah. Um, it is. No, I liked it though, though. because I also liked the bat- that Superman pranks him back. Yeah, so it- Superman's like, oh, there's like an earthquake. And he's trapped by the kryptonite, and Batman's like, oh, I was the one pranking you all along. And Superman's like, oh, we're both going to die, but before we die, tell me how you got in. <laughs> yeah, it goes. So Batman, and I told you about my fortress. I never suspected you because I trusted you so completely. Yeah. And then Batman does a very elaborate thing about his whole story about Which how he got him. Pretty good story. explanation. Yeah, he it hides is. in the key. Like he cuts a hole in the key, hides in it, so yep. he can pop out of the key after it's inserted into the door. And like he hides behind the penny for the next day, um, which is made of lead, so his X-ray vision can't see through it. Yep. And. That he stands where the wax statue was, which is when Superman. I, I think it out. it's really good writing because it, it, it you, it's like a murder mystery where all the little pieces yeah. 
come together. I, I think it's really well done. Who wrote this again, did you say? This was uh, Jerry Coleman. He did a few yeah. issues of Action Comics and a few of Adventure Comics. Well, I, I think um, this is a really good issue, personally. Yeah, no, it is. And, like, uh, Subban's like, ha, oh, just kidding. I wasn't... This is not real kryptonite. I put this on as a show, and I pranked you. And so they're like, haha, we're best friends. It's kind of like, why'd you do this? And he's like, well, it's the anniversary of your arrival on Earth from the planet Krypton. Yes. I wondered for a long time what to get you as a gift. What can one get for Superman? And then he said, he looked at all the stores. I like how Batman's just going in the stores. Yeah, I did too. Uh, And the girl behind is really excited. Yeah. But also, what about the artwork on Batman? If you look at the face, like what's going on? He's happy. Yeah, but, like, I guess it's that, yes, but also it just looks weird. Like, he looks almost like a cat man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just how Wayne Boring draws him. Wayne um, Boring had a... It's got a weird nose situation going on. Like, it, it's the happiest I've ever seen Batman looking ever, probably. <laughs> but I, I like that the gifts uh, he gave Superman is a puzzle, one that Superman will find it hard to solve. I thought, that's yeah. good gifts, you know. Superman yeah. likes puzzles, uh... And That's great. Happy anniversary, Superman! And he's even got the little pictures of his face on the yeah. candles. Yeah, that that was funny. Yeah, he bakes Superman a giant cake, and Superman has a giant knife to cut it, and they do it in the Batcave. Um, yeah, that's right. So Later yeah, that evening, the reason I remember this issue is like I just I vividly remember an issue where Superman and Batman nearly prank each other to death, and yeah. I wanted to do it because it's funny and it's good. It's great. Yeah, uh, it's it really. Um, like, sometimes when you read this old stuff, some of it's very throwaway. Yeah. And and this is, in a way, is, but in the best way, where you're like, what a pleasant read, you know? Oh, yeah. It's really And good. It's, it's very wholesome. Puts you in a good That's mood. What, puts you in a good mood. It's very wholesome. It's a million miles away from, like, I am Batman. Like, I will have vengeance on the my kryptonite ring and my kryptonite yeah yeah and all gun. that which which i don't mind either but this is just from a different time period and i and i think honestly it holds up uh, you know even though it's older um it's like listening to a really good song from like way back and you're like yeah this is still a good song yeah. you know um yeah no very enjoyable read i had read it once before i think on your recommendation um, you know, a few years ago, and I yeah. did remember it was Batman halfway through. Yeah. Um, but that didn't impinge my enjoyment. Uh, it's a strong issue. I, I think it picked well. I mean, I'd, I'd easily give it an eight point five out of ten easily. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I by so. by Silver Age standards, yeah, I'd probably give it an eight. It's just like you're listening to us, and you're like, okay, but if you read the issue, it's just. It's a really good time, and that's what you want from a Silver Age comic. It's a really good time, and it's well-written, you know? Like, for yeah, 1958, I mean, this is, hey, this is yeah. great. Uh, 58, w- like, Frank Sinatra uh, was was on the airwaves, you know, yeah. Songs for Swinging Lovers. It was my time period, man. And, um, yeah, no, great time to be alive, I'd uh, say. I will mention we're not covering Congo, Bill, or Tommy tomorrow. No, no, I started reading uh, that. And I was just like, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah Congo Bills. Uh, it's not know. my, it's not my stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I Tommy Tomorrow into... seems cool. Yeah, but, I, I'm uh... just not into like. Uh, I mean, it, there's just I, I'm there for Batman and Superman. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, not that's the why they're on the cover. That's why I'm on the cover. <laughs> um, and I mean, once again, 
I know they can't do that story now, but I wish they would take some of that vibe, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, you take so much vibe from certain things that happened in the 80s and 90s. Why don't you dig a bit further back? And sometimes yeah, I'm pretty sick of the... Like, draw more from pre-Crisis. That's, that's why I really yeah. like New 52 Superman. I felt like yeah. there was more pre-Crisis Superman there than we'd yeah. seen for a long time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, well, I heard Mark Wade's run's very good, of Batman and Superman. Yeah, so. I, I have heard that too. I, I haven't read it. Um, I will read it, though. It's, it's, Joshua it's Williamson's my... run was very good as well. Like, that, that was them in super friendship mode. There was no tension between them at all in yeah. Williamson's run. So is his run over? Oh yeah, it, it, it was like sixteen issues, and it started with that Batman who laughs arc, right, but then it was okay. just like its own thing for the rest of it. Oh, so. I know what you mean. You mean the um the Batman Superman thing? Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I thought you meant he has. Isn't he writing Superman solo now? He is. It's okay. What's like? It's okay. Yeah. Batman Superman was better. I oh. uh, did like that he used the parasite. Uh, because the parasites never really used, so that was cool. But it's, um, it's like pretty standard stuff. Okay, I'm, I am going to check it out because I do have it on my iPad. I have the first six issues. And I think the artwork's pretty hit and miss. I think they've okay. the artwork a bit. Um, All right, I've actually got the first five issues in an annual. Yeah, I think um, I've I've read the first five issues. I haven't read the annual yet. I do like that. There's a lot of Lex in the story, so. I will I will come back to that and um, give you my views on that when I read the first five because I've, I've had it there for a while to read. Yeah. Because I, I don't mind if I like that Superman Batman as well the Batman Superman stuff. I it's bought good. the hard covers actually. I, yeah, I thought it was. Um, I, I think people are saying Wade's might be a bit better, but I thought that Batman Superman was was pretty good. I've really. heard Wade's is very like throwback, which some people don't like. Uh, see, I would like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, look. At, I think that an issue like this, it's kind of like guys and gals. You, you can you can find it out there. You'll enjoy yourself if you're just in the mood for just something a bit lighter, a bit more fun. Just from yesteryear, this this will hit the note. You know, it's like a good episode of like a classic sitcom or something. You know, this was also uh, reprinted in the volume one of the greatest Superman stories ever told. Uh, the Man of Tomorrow Archives Volume 1, Showcase Presents Superman Volume 1, and Action Comics 80 Years of Superman the Deluxe Edition, which is quite recent, a few years ago. I've actually, I actually own um, that. So that, I, this I made, that's interesting that this is in that, because um, yeah. there's a lot of action comics to choose from, but uh, I think yeah. they, well, they, they don't want to reprint Superman and Batman's first meeting, because that was in Superman anyway, so I think this is a good Superman-Batman story to put in there definitely and 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 also it doesn't take up a huge amount of pages but it's very good and it's enclosed so that's it's, true it's yeah. perfect you know um yeah well it's been a pleasure to discuss connor i mean i in 2024 um bring me back for an episode or something man and um, oh, absolutely yeah I'll, would you maybe we should do the the first arc of um williamson or something something recent you know maybe maybe I don't know if I want to read them again. <laughs> I'll, I'll make up my mind. That was a um, suggestion. I don't really Yeah, care. no, no. It was, I'll, I'll, we'll definitely do something in 2024. We'll do something. Uh, I'll have... Uh, sometime in 2024, Ray's going to be coming on uh, if Last Days of Lex Luthor is finished next year, which, given it's been six months and one issue's come out, who knows? I enjoyed that um, one issue, but I, I do think, in my personal opinion, 
I, I think it's crazy that they can't structure it and organise themselves better. You know, I understand the artist is very busy. I understand he takes a long time. We'll bank a few more issues. Yeah, you know? like, don't don't take on so much work. He can't keep up with the schedule, right? Like, but, well, no, but, but, like, you know that he's busy. And right. he has a reputation for sort of missing deadlines. So, bank it. Get, like, four issues in the bank and then release them. Because it's not like it's dependent on anything else. It's pretty standalone stuff, you know? Do you know what I mean? That's my yeah. opinion. Like, I just don't. I, I just think DC just don't know how to organize themselves at times. It's like this is a known problem with that artist, you know? Is it? And, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Brian. It's Brian Hitch, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, many times, many right. times it's happened. Like over his career, he's very good and he's very slow and he takes on too much work and blah blah blah. It's happened before. It's not the first time. There's always excuses for it, but we know it's an issue. But we know it's incredible art. So it's yeah. worth it's, it's worth doing, but it's also a um, it's like a limited series, isn't it? It's it's, it's not, only three issues. I mean, they're uh, oversized issues, but well, my, what I would have done is get them in the bank because it's what I'm trying to say. It's not time dependent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's not like this needs to come out to hit some schedule for it to, to for it to matter to the continuity not that I think continuity is the very important anymore anyway but yeah yeah I just I, I they they dug their own grave there because that is a known issue with Brian Hitch you know so, what uh, I rag on Jeff Johns a lot but I also praise Jeff Johns a little bit okay because um, we did we did uh, last Sun and Brainiac recently which are both excellent stories by Jeff Johns Definitely. Um, and New Krypton's good too. I think you were going through that, right? I've uh, almost finished the whole thing. I'm reading the Greg Rucker issues. I'm loving it. I, I in general, really like Jeff Johns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, I just hated Secret Origin, but and I hated, I hated that he brought the Kents back again. It's like, dude, just let the rest yeah, of peace. But and, you know, uh, I will say, here, you know, I will say, uh, like I've read, I've read Doomsday Clock. I really liked it. It's obviously not as good as Watchmen, but I really liked it. Uh, but you know what I loved about what he's done? He's made... Just the fact that he's made everything canon is great. Because it's just like, why put so much into keeping track of what's canon and what's not? Just make everything canon and draw on what you want to draw on. And I just... I'm really glad that he did that. <laughs> I am, but but like... Oh, I, I don't know. I, I get to a point where they've retconned everything so many times that I don't care. You know? But that's the thing, like, it just doesn't matter now. Yeah, like, yeah, know, yeah like... exactly. Well, but yeah, it's it's kind of like, yeah, I'm glad he did it officially, because I was there, you know, yeah. 15 years ago. Like, yeah. it used to matter to me as a kid, or, as a, sorry, as a teenager and young adult, it really mattered to me for some reason. And now, I've just seen, not only the retcon since I've been alive, but how different it was before I was alive, and I've realised, you don't need to worry about this. You know, yeah, it doesn't because guess what? DC don't care. Yeah, I I kind of liked it in Marvel. I mean, I've gone off Marvel for a few years now, but like in um in DC, I was just yeah, it's like such a mess. They're always doing reboots. It's like it doesn't yeah, matter. It's all. I mean, at least like we criticized DC and their overall reliance on crises, which was a good idea originally. But it actually has allowed them this get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which, you know, like, d- despite the fact that the crises seem to generally get worse, um, the actual concept is cool, you know? Yeah. 
So, yeah, no, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't worry me. Um, and, yeah, just enjoy your comics, kids, and uh, enjoy what you want to enjoy in terms of continuity because my personal continuity of Superman is my own mishmash of stuff I've read over the years. It's also like that with Star Wars. Like, that's a big thing in Star Wars is, like, canon, because of Disney canon. I'm like, guys, Disney canon mostly sucks. Just whatever you like is what's canon. Disney canon is, like, definitely ignore the sequel movies for Star Wars. I've I've read... I think I've I've read one thing I really liked from Disney canon, and that was it. Um, I've seen a couple of things which I haven't minded more recently, but, like, I hated the sequel movies. Yeah. And I also hate... Oh, yeah, in general, they've been below average, just in general. There's some more recent stuff which I've kind of enjoyed. Like, I liked Sokotano, I liked uh, Mandalorian in, in general. Um, and yeah, there's probably some. Right. And Obi Wan was okay, Boba Fett was okay, nothing fantastic. But, like, I agree with you. It's just, like, don't get too caught up in it, you know? Yeah. Pretty much. That's um, it. So, have we given our official scores? I gave yeah, an 8. I'll, five, you gave an 8. I'll give it. Eight dastardly Batmans out of ten. Um, I'll give it eight point five. Best friends forever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, everyone, Merry Christmas, Happy Ooh. Hanukkah, whatever. Merry Merry Christmas. If you hate everything, then have yourself a merry little <laughs> Christmas. Frank yeah. Sinatra. Yeah. Why not? Um, just rock and roll. Have a good time on your break from work or whatever. Exactly. That's the case. Uh, Go to your fortress know. of solitude with your best friend and prank each other. Yeah, play some Assassin's Creed. Play some uh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Valhalla all the way. And yeah, so uh, I'll be back in the new year. Dave will be back in the new year. Uh, I'm sure uh, Ray will be back as well. We have a couple of projects lined up. Um, right, there you go. And there's some listener requests we'll be doing. So yeah, there's stuff in the pipeline. Not to worry, and yeah, I will speak to you all in the new year. Have a good one. See ya! Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn lskpodcast.libson.com our twitter at lskpodcast our facebook page last sons of krypton a superman podcast and last but not least thank you everyone for listening